Yes, people, it's episode 178 of Griff's Brain Dumb. It's me, Griff, obviously. It is Sunday, 28th of June, 2020, 2020. Wait, how, do, oh, yeah, how should we say the year? You know, it's like we say 1904, but there's no O. That's one of my little pet peeves. I guess that's me working with numbers all my life. Uh, it's not 1904. O is a letter, not a number. So it should be 194 would be the year um but is it 1904 is the year uh, you know we need to keep consistent right 1997 is what we would say 1997 um which again isn't the actual number like if you had a hunt if you had 1997 items you wouldn't call it i've got 1997 items so should we say the year is 20 20 therefore 2006 should have been 2006 uh, these are the things these are the important questions these are the important things that run through my mind uh, i'm not sure what you guys are thinking about uh, <laughs> that stuff going in my mind but how, how's your week been um again this i feel like we're creeping back to normality we're creeping back Creeping back to the new normal. They're saying on the news that they're going to have um, open up the borders. So we're going European holidays. I think both the Channel Tunnel and some reputable travel websites have said that bookings have exploded. People are desperate to go to Magaluf and Benidorm and, you know, just want to just get out. Of the country. I'm not in too much of a rush to go to other countries just in case I get stuck there. I need to see a few people go and then come back. Go and then come back. Go and then come back. And then I'll be like, all right, maybe I want to go. And even then, I have to remember there's still this coronavirus thing flying about. Um, so yeah, need to see. Need to see what happens. But I'm out next weekend anyway, going to some pubs next week. Um, it's going to be a lot of people out that weekend though I just thought um, I won't be drinking I'll just be socialising so I'll be taking my car if it gets too much for me I'm just going to sit in the car cocoon myself away um, yeah but what's been going on in the world man I don't even know what's been happening um, this week I don't think much has happened this week at all when I think about it I didn't make any, any note of anything I've, been, I've just been working really hard um, waking up early, going to bed late. I, I, I was in a, I was on a, uh, a call, right? Obviously, you can't give any details of the call. I was on a call for four and a half hours on Friday. Four and a half hour call. It, it wiped out my day. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever had to sit on a video call for four and a half hours. I tell you, once that call ends, you don't really feel like doing anything. It's a weird thing. You don't want to talk to anyone in person because you've just been speaking to people. Um, but nor do you want to even look at your phone or a screen to relax because you've been looking at a screen for that long. I think that's why these video calls are just so taxing. You know, like if you, in a usual day of work, you'd be in a meeting room for four and a half hours. Even that would be too long. At least you can go, right, I've left the room. Um, you know, I've now gone outside and now I've gone on a train. Um, now I'm doing something else. I'm in a different environment. I'm looking at a screen now. 
You know, in the same way if you're looking at a screen for four and a half hours, you just close your laptop or you switch off your phone. I'm not looking at a screen anymore, but a video call, it like it occupies everything. The the sensation of talking to people, then looking at a screen, being locked into one place. So yeah, I got off the phone and it was late. And I still had work to do, so I didn't end up finishing the work I wanted to do until like midnight. But I wasn't sending a bloody email at midnight. That's embarrassing. I can't let people know I was working till midnight. I mean, Grant has just told you on this pod, but I can't have that happening. I can't have that happening at all. So, um, yeah. Found out someone from my new job as well listened to my podcast, which is just uh, just mortifying. Not that I'm saying anything terrible. <laughs> but I guess that's what happens when you put stuff out in the public domain to be seen um but yeah but other than that i've been working really hard i guess there's been you know kind of a shift in the air talking about um you know how how women are treated in society and in comedy i mean, i wrote a, a post on my facebook and insta and stuff so you can see that it's just um it's just a result of moment of reflection really um, some people have asked where did that post come from um, it's just from conversation I've been having and just basically when it, when it comes to these kind of sexual mis- I call it sexual misconduct as an umbrella term for everything ranging from creepiness to rape yeah so the sexual misconduct is what I'm using to cover all of those terms okay um you can agree or disagree with that terminology, but I'm just letting you know that's what I mean when I say that in this chat. So, yeah, so, you know, just hearing the stories about sexual misconduct and, um, and for me, it's, it, it was, it's talking to women and hearing their stories and being asked, you know, why do men do this? Why do men do that? And I'm like, no, but, you're you're talking about a full blown like rapist or sex offender when you ask me that question, right? Because like, we'll be talk because you know we're trying me and my wife are discussing stuff and we're trying to understand you know why do why do like rapists do things like this and I'm not, I don't know I'm not a rapist and then she goes yeah okay yeah yeah and then she'll be asking questions about rapists then just swap swap out rapists for men and I'll be like no whoa you can't just say men I don't know I can answer why men do certain things as a guy. But I can't answer why a rapist does stuff. And then it was that, and we was just chatting away. And then I was trying to answer on behalf of men. And I can only answer on behalf of men who had the same, I guess, objectives as me. And I was a single guy, is to get consensual sex from a woman who's interested in you. That, that's it. That's what most guys want, I'd say. Um... And then I guess along the line in that sentence, you can break it up and analyse where the issues come for your average guy who thinks he hasn't done anything wrong to your average woman who feels like she's had some wrongdoing happen. And I find that interesting. And that's, I think that's the area of you know how men and women interact and this kind of sexual misconduct kind of conversation that's, that's in the air at the moment. I think that's where the interesting 
conversation sits because it's very easy for all of us, you know, I think anyone with any sense, any morality would go, yes, a rapist is a bad person and they're bad. But we want to talk about the normal guys, the normal guys who, you know, you're out at carnival with, at a party, in the club with, at work with, is, is those guys, you know, who are doing those little things that women don't actually bother raising a voice about or complaining about because it's just long for them. They sound a bit nuts describing it. You know what I mean? You sound a bit pathetic. And it's the same like the microaggressions with racism, I guess. You're like, you sound a bit nuts. If people get it, they get it, and then it makes sense. Now, oh, he's following me around the shop, and he's looking at me funny. You know what I mean? Oh, it's the way you said, oh, you're Darren Griffiths. It's like, those things. Like, okay. But you tell them in isolation to someone who's not black or not of any kind of ethnic minority. They're like, what are you talking about? I think it's the same with this, with, this, with women, you know. And he put his hand on my shoulder. So, so? Is, is your shoulder a sexual part of you? Like, so when you get t- told that in isolation, it's like, so? Yeah, but it's the way he looked at me. He put his hand on the small of my back. He stroked my, you know I me. Mean? he stroked my arm and then... Is where you think about it, it's like all those little things on top of each other. It's like, right, okay. They're just on high alert all the time. And I think it's that, it's that area that I find interesting to talk about. Because as I was trying to justify, not justify, not, no, no, I shouldn't say justify. I was trying to explain how a guy can go from, you know, again, the wanted sexual sex with a woman who's into him how does that become so muddled and misunderstood between the two people? And I said, I think you have to break down that sentence. So a man who wants consensual sex, so then consent, I think that's where an area is very grey and where people don't have a full understanding of consent, both men and women. Um, Women don't know uh, when they've given consent and when they haven't in the sense of you know, they, they haven't, but then they'll say, well, it's my fault while something happened. I shouldn't have been at his house at that time. Or, I, you know what I mean? I, I shouldn't have gone back to his or I should have invited them to mine or whatever. And it's like, well, that's not actually consent. <laughs> it's like, anyway, you, cons- you know what I mean? You, you can always withdraw consent at any time, but then, you know, it's understanding, it's both parties understanding what that consent means. You know what I mean? For, for and you've got, I think we have to have frank conversations for one person inviting someone round at one o'clock in the morning to their house is consent. You know, you know why you're here, you know why you came round for, and then for someone else, it's, it's not. You just, I just want to hang out. And then... I think for, and we had that conversation with my wife because, you know, she was saying, yeah, well, that's, you know, that's not necessarily consent. I go, yeah, but we know, we've been socialised because I said, let's say if you called me at one o'clock in the morning and I was out and I said I was round a woman's house, that's a completely different conversation we're having from if I say I'm round a guy's house or if I'm round a guy's house and it's just a couple of guys. After a say it's after a gig, yeah, we've just gone back to this guy's house, we're just hanging out for a bit. That's a completely different conversation to, yeah, 
going around to, going back to this guy's house. Um, yeah, there's a couple of girls here. Well, okay, what? See how it's, it's different, and that conversation different if it's now 4 p.m. It's before the gig. We're hanging out in someone's house, and there's a couple of women. There's like, okay, it's a social event. One o'clock in the morning, suddenly your brain's going, oh, is that a sex party? What's going on? So it's it's how we've all been socialised. So getting consent from someone who's into you. Again, into you, that's another part of that sentence that I think that, again, there's a grey area. We always talk about mixed signals to men and women and think whether someone's into you or not. And I think there's, I think we need to develop a society where women and men can actually just hang out with each other, maybe, without there being any kind of sexual undertone there and and i said we're, we're all guilty of it in the sense of in the in like on a one-to-one basis or on just explaining a story like when we see a guy and a girl hang out with each other we have, how, how much interrogation is put into that friendship where a guy is like yeah what what so how do you know her how long have you known her for like when did you meet it's just like we're trying to work out are you too banging or not? Are you too going to bang? That's that's, and that's how, and that is how we frame all these questions. And like I said, I think it's is those those areas where it's most interesting for me when it comes to um, the way we interact as as men and women, and and how different our experiences are. Where men just come away from these interactions and go, well, whatever, it's just banter, it's just life, whatever. And the woman comes away from these interactions feeling scared or vulnerable or, you know what I mean, or, or violated in any sort of way. So, uh, yeah, I think that starts with uh, men listening, I think. Yes, that's come from men listening, so I can't say women need to talk up more. I think women talk up all the time, but they kind of just get shunned when they bring it up. Like, oh, God, you overreacted. Oh, whoa. And I say it's so easy to point to the obvious bad guys. So, like, so we, so I think like we're, even though there's still quite a lot of guys are far behind on this point. There's, you know, uh, a, let's let's take the the horrible situation, but the one that everyone understands: stranger rape. Okay, you know, woman alone at night, walking the street, man grabs her, drags her in the bush, rapes her. That 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 scenario, right? We. Um, most, I think most, I can't say most people, I don't know, a lot of people anyway, people in my circle understand that scenario is bad, very bad. Um, a lot of us understand that the reason that rape happened is because there was a rapist there. Um, how in the, in the world a woman should be able to just walk home from somewhere. Um, but then there'll be some guys who be like, well, what's she doing walking on her own? Okay, then I guess that in that respect, you're talking about how society's structured, where we've got a society where women are vulnerable walking on their own. Um, why was she wearing that skirt out that time of night on her own? So again, you, what you're saying is, is we've got a society where if a woman wears a certain item of clothing, then she's more likely to get raped. Like what, what are we saying there? Because women get raped in countries where they're covered from head to toe. It's just their eyes showing. So 
this is it's not about how the woman looks that's getting her raped um but like i said there's a lot of guys i know would understand that point easily and there's still guys who don't understand that point um and what i'm saying is is it's very easy to to assume that when women are bringing up these um these these stories and these moments that have happened to them that they're talking about those guys who don't understand those basic points when in fact they might be talking about us when i say us i mean guys who feel like we do understand these points and 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 don't feel like we've ever done anything wrong is it's an interesting kind of perspective to think well maybe i have maybe i've done something wrong and yeah not criminal Obviously, I'm not talking about that end of the sexual kind of misconduct scale. I'm talking about, you know, the other end where you've made a joke in front of a woman. She now feels uncomfortable or, um, I mean, you're just messing around. You're, you feel like you're just messing around and you're being playful. And in your mind, you actually are just being as playful as you would be with a guy. Um, but for her, she's felt horrible by it. I think that's a lot of it. It's... it's you know, whether she, you know whether she trusts you or not I think that's another thing that guys have to come to terms with that the difference between one guy's actions and another guy's actions being des- being described as creepy um, or making her feel a certain way versus it just being a laugh and a joke is how much she knows you but that's everything right same way uh, a friend of mine who knows me can make a joke about my Jamaicanness or my blackness, if I know them, because I know where the joke's coming from. Where if I don't know you and you make that kind of joke, then I'm like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? And I think that's, well, I imagine that's got to be the same for women, right? If you know a guy and he makes a comment on, you know, how how well your your skirt's fitting, if you know him, it's like, okay, that, that's him. He knows the joke. He knows that. I, I get stick from the big bum from my sisters as well. So, right, that makes sense. But if this guy doesn't know you or kind of knows another person a bit over familiar, that can make you feel a certain way. So, no, it just makes perfect sense to me. Um, and it just makes sense to me that uh, I, I don't assume... I think that's the best position to be, not to assume that you are one of the good guys and they're not talking about you. So I think it's the same with anything really. With racism as well, just uh, if you're, you know, if you're white, not to seem hard. I don't, I don't use any of the slurs. I don't, I don't think horrible things about black people. I don't, I, I you know, what I mean, um, I, I don't do that. I don't, I don't go to marches <laughs> and know and know that. Oh, actually, maybe it's not those guys people talk about. We all know those guys are racist. We're talking about. It's kind of just, again, those micro, there's many things that just kind of expose your attitudes and your behaviours or stuff that you don't even know you're doing. And just, I think, just listening and not your immediate reaction to be dismiss the grievance of the person complaining. Just have a real deep think and be like, right, is there anything I've done or I'm doing that contributes to that? Um... But it's hard, it's hard, because the, the person, the victims of these things, racism, sexism, homophobia, all of them, it's not their job to educate, um, 
and it, it's not also their job to tell you uh, to, to tell you the previous times you've done something that, that's happened, like at, making someone kind of relive that trauma of it, I suppose. But that that leaves us in this air, in this area where okay, you've got someone who's unaware of what they've done to upset you. But then you've also got this thing where the person who's upset doesn't have to tell you about it. So then we're kind of left this way of, well, how do we move forward? Uh, my suggestion is how we move forward is is to be the person, not assume you've done something wrong, but have a think, consider that you may have done something wrong. Then approach the person with sincerity that you may have done something wrong. And then you as the person who had the wrongdoing, you, you've got to be able to articulate what's happened. Because I see that happen a lot with racism. I'll talk about racism, about how to articulate as a victim of something. Um, I don't tell women how to do it, but for racism, what happens is you spend so many times telling people about the issue and they don't listen. And when someone does ask you directly, you've had that conversation so many times where it leads to them dismissing what you're saying. You just go, I can't be bothered to talk about it. I ain't talking to you about it anymore. So then when you do get, get that genuine person who's really there to listen now, you're talked out and you cannot be asked to talk to them. And that's where it breaks down. And then as them, they go, well, fuck you then. I asked and you're not telling me, so what's the point? And um, and, that, and, that, and that's, where, that's where it breaks down. I think if you're the person asking, you've got to be empathetic of that and understand, right, they're, they're probably tired of talking about it. And um, I'm here if you want to talk to me about it, you know. And you might find the person who does talk. So I'm one of the people who will talk about it. And uh, I'm a talker. Obviously, I've got this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's an interesting topic for me. It's an interesting topic. And um, the post got a good response. Um, a lot of a lot of women, especially um, especially black women, like like the post that I posted on Facebook and. But, like I said, post, while it was a kind of, you know, nod to, to women, especially black women, it, the, the, the aim for my post was more of one, just a bit of sharing and self-reflection too, is, is more I wanted guys to kind of read it. Um, hopefully there'll be some guys who read it. There'll, granted, there'll be some guys who would have read it, rolled their eyes, be like this simp, this guy's pussy begging, even though I'm married, but whatever. But that's how some guys would read it. And the fact that they would read it as pussy begging will be part of the problem as well. Maybe I should have put that line in there as well. That if you read this as some kind of pussy beg, then that, that's part of the problem as well. Because um, that's not what that was. Um, yeah. We'll see then. We'll see, we'll see. But what else we going on in the world? How long have we been talking for? 23 minutes. Not much more has gone on. Football's back. I'm loving it. Uh, Tottenham beat West Ham. Slowly. Can we, can we catch to fifth? I doubt it. I doubt we're getting fifth. Man United seemed too strong for me. I was hoping Chelsea would fall away. I think Tottenham will finish sixth this year. That is where Tottenham Hotspur will finish. Sixth. Not Champions League, Europa League, um, and 
that's what Tottenham have to do. Hopefully Jose will take that seriously and will try to win Europa League. And actually get some, you know, flipping silverware. I'd love for Tottenham to have that season that United had. Where they won the League Cup and the Europa League. I'd love that. I'd love some bloody silverware. No joke. I'm not even taking the piss. I would take that season. Top four finish... A League Cup and the Europa League. Yes. All day. I'll take that. To win some bloody trophies. Singing tired of finishing third and fourth and not winning anything. It's boring. Let's win some trophies, man. I'd even take fifth again. Actually, shit. If you win the Europa League, you're in the Champions League anyway. Finish wherever you want in the league. Win the League Cup, win the Europa League next year. I'll be very happy with that. Super happy. Um, nothing more to say except for Arsenal shit um, and that's it right what else is going on ah oh, my sister just said the event's cancelled oh bomber clots right um, let me just text my wife what's happened uh, sorry guys Um, let's just send that. Need to tell her in case she's paying the day. Uh, right. Anyway, let's get some dear Deirdre going. Um, oh, dear Deirdre, where are you? Where are you? Probably should have paused it while I was doing this, but whatever. Um, oh, in the meantime, while Dear Dear is loading, uh, again, check out the Green Room Pod. If you listen to, if you listen to this, the Green Room Pod, that's a podcast with, it's a podcast by five black comedians, uh, including me, Kazim Jamal, Phil Huff, Jimmy James Jones, and Michael Akadiri. Uh, we just chat about what's going on in the world. A little bit of banter. And like the most recent episode, uh, episode eight, Milky Queens. <laughs> um, is, yeah, we, we, we talk about, we talk a light touch about, about, um, about what's been going on with, with in the world and stuff. We're recording again today, so that'll be episode nine. I think we'll do more of a, a deep dive into it. Um, and we, we talk a lot as a group of guys. It's funny, because as comedians, I think people just see the joke that comes out at the end and don't actually hear our conversations about topics and and hear, you know, our more in-depth thoughts. And you have to remember, we are comedians, so we will be telling jokes about things. But then, you, if you can see through the jokes you're about to see what we're actually talking about and um yeah man it's good it's good part i enjoy it with the guys you know he's my, my actual comedy brothers so yeah anyway so check that out um that's on spotify uh 
YouTube as well. Go and watch on YouTube. Audio Boom. Um, iHeartRadio. So we're out there, we're out there, man. Um, I need to check with Kazima if we've got iTunes yet. That's the one, we need to get on iTunes. Once you've got on there, then we're fine. Spotify and iTunes are your two you want to be on. Um, right, anyway. Dear Deirdre, I want to tell my married lover's partner about our steamy sex sessions. Why? Why do you want to do that? Um, dear Deirdre, my lover lies all the time and disappears on me. But the sex is so amazing that when we meet, that I always forgive him. I knew it'd be a woman wanting to tell the wife about the affair. I just want to come to you as a woman. Piss off. All right? Let's be a side piece in silence. Like, I guess men can do that, but women can't. Hey, just be a side piece in silence. Men are happy to just be used. <laughs> you know what I mean? They want anything more. What's this? So, what, we're going to have sex in this hotel and then you don't want me to talk to you again until you message me for more sex? She's like, yes. Side man's like, okay then, fine. Side woman, here's that. Why do you want to message me? What? Do you think you can just like just fuck me and walk away? He's like, yeah, that's that's the plan. She's like, well, I'm gonna key your car, and then you have to explain that to your wife. <laughs> you know what I mean, so I don't know. Anyway, um, so I always joke with that to to my wife. I, I joke that to anyone about uh, why I don't cheat. It's not because I'm a good guy. It's because I just don't. I can't deal with the stress. I couldn't deal with the stress. Couldn't deal with with that kind of. It's it's gonna come out. It's got it's gonna come out. You know what I mean? That you're sat there chilling. Then suddenly there's a knock on your door. It's like, oh, here it is. This is the moment. This is the moment. It blows up in my face. Here it comes. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Or video posted of you doing shit. Just like, ah, ah this is the moment. Here it is. Because you got you got to know it's always coming, right? If you fucked about it, you know it's coming. There's got to be that, just that final moment. You feel the walls closing in. So, no. And then because of that, yeah, I guess you then become a good guy by definition, I guess. But, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we met in a bar nine months ago. He said he was 39 and single. Okay, that's that he should have said he was married. Because he probably still would have banged him. Um, he was working away, but said we could meet up when he was in town. All right. See, this is where he set himself up for you to be a uh, woman scored. Hell hath no fury. Um... Yeah, we spoke daily online. He said I was special and he loved talking to me, even hinting at living together. Okay, wow. Then he vanished and I heard nothing for two months. Then out of the blue, I got a text asking me to meet up. His explanation of why he'd gone cold was that he has a partner and two boys aged six and four. He said he knew the truth would hurt me, so he thought it best for me to get out of his life. 
I said I'd rather have known the truth than be kept waiting for him to call me. He kept saying how sorry he was and we hugged and kissed and ended up in bed. It was so passionate I was blown away. Afterwards he said he wants to be with me but he can't leave his kids while they're young which I said I could understand. He told me not to put my life on hold for him so I started seeing another guy and this is when he went mad right. After a couple more months this guy turned up again. He admitted he'd lied again and in fact he is 44. Wait how old did he say he was before? Did he lie about his age before? He said he was 39. Okay, so he's five years older, right, that's, what weird, what weird age to lie about? Like, is there any woman that would get with a 39-year-old, you'd be like, oh no, not 44. Uh, anyway, he's 44 and his kids are 20 and 22 and have left home. Oh, I went ballistic. He promised me no more lies and said he had left his partner. He claimed he is at his happiest when he's with me and is scared of losing me we spent a wonderful weekend together sex was the best either of us had ever had or at least that's what he said there you go you're learning we were honest with one another as far as i knew and agreed we had to make it work to be together when he left he said that he had some massive decisions to make but didn't tell me what they were about and if they included me I've not seen or heard from him since before lockdown. I am tempted to write to his partner about our affair, but I'm not sure that's a good idea. I'm 29. I need to know to move on, but I don't know how to do so. Yeah, listen. Just let it go, love. Let it go. Just don't talk to him anymore. All right? You obviously like him more than your arrangement allows you to. Just let it go. Don't talk to him anymore. That's it. Just leave it, all right? Um, all right, let's see what else there is. Let's right, see. Yeah, but just um, yeah, just, just forget, it, man. Just forget. It. Like, what? What is he gonna do? You're gonna send that letter, and then what? This person's going to think this letter came from, like, 1939. Who sends letters? I don't even know the address. If this guy's just bagging you in the hotels. Why do you know his address? This guy's the worst cheat ever. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right, let's see. Mockdown. My partner's mum has been staying with us during lockdown and she's ruining everything. How? So you trying to get into bed with you two? What's going on? My partner asked her mum to move in with us for lockdown and it's ruining our relationship. I imagine. Um, we've been together three years and we were once very happy. We were both 30. Our lovely daughter is a year old now and I love being a dad. Cool. Um, at our first birthday party, my partner allowed her mother to slag me off. Okay, this is where it gets weird. For not doing enough and I did nothing and did nothing to stand up for me. Well stand up for yourself then, you pussy. That hurt, especially as my dad, who's always criticised me, joined in. Oh mate. Mate, maybe it's true. Who knows? But my partner said I was overreacting when I complained about it later. Uh, we were starting to get our relationship back on track when she invited the mum to move in for lockdown. I said I was against the idea, but she went ahead 
and they gang up on me. Oh, this sounds fun, mate. Um, well, first of all, you need to tell her mum to shut her face, okay? Politely, though, but assertively. Is it your house? Like, if it's your house, then fine. If it's not your house, then, oh, then... You might have to humble yourself, mate, if it's not your house. You know, you can't come here and live with us. And she's like, excuse me, I'm living with my daughter, seeing that it's her house. He's like, well, no, it's my house. I chip it with the rent. Well, you don't, Gary. That's the problem. And that's why I'm slagging you off all the time. See, if that's the issue, then, mate, shut up. Just shut up and suck it up. Yeah? If it's not actually your house. If it's your house, though, that's when you just fucking pull your trousers down, slam your dick on the dinner table and be like, this is my house. It's my dinner table, my dick. That's why my dick's on the dinner table in my house. I do what I want. I do what I want. And that's when your wife will have to be like, Gary, that, what is wrong with you? And so I'm just sorry. I've just had enough. It's just been, it's been boiling up. It's been bubbling under the surface. <laughs> she pushed me too far. I mean, the things though is, is, most of these things, right, what ends up happening is the mum isn't as bad as you make her out to be and you're probably not as bad as she makes you out to be, right? You're probably just exaggerated to each other. It just gets worse and worse. That's why the daughter's like, I don't hear it from either of you. You don't hear the conversation she has with her mum. Actually, if they're ganging up on you, then uh, I guess you do. Um, that's what I'm saying, mate. If it's your house, tend to shut their face. If it's not your house, they're just... Suck it up. Um, right. Oh, let's see. Nice one. Right. Girl at risk. Oh, God, this one. Why did I pick this one? I'm not going to be able to banter on this somewhere, I bet. Come on, load up. Yeah, so find the green room pod, I guess, while we're waiting for this to load up. Uh, go on Twitter, I think it's uh, green room underscore pod. Uh, Instagram, I think it's green room dot pod. And uh, yeah. Right. Dear Digi, girl at risk. My granddaughter is being bullied by a step stepdad, but I can't tell her mum. My granddaughter is being bullied by a stepdad, but she has made me promise not to tell her mum. My daughter remarried two years ago to a man who is well off, and she moved into his large house with him and his two children. Well, I, I've read that. Have you ever read anything and realised it's not going into your brain at all? You're just saying the words. That's what just happened there, guys. I'm going to start again and actually take in what's going on. I was just saying words. I don't even know how I did that. I don't even think that was possible. I was just reading and not but not actually taking it in. Didn't know the brain could do that. Amazing. Let's start again. Go at risk. My granddaughter's been bullied by a stepdad, but I can't tell her mum. 
My granddaughter is being bullied by a stepdad, but she has made me promise not to tell her mum. My daughter remarried two years ago to a man who is well off and she moved into his large house with him and his two children who are 15 and 13. It became clear within months that his kids didn't like my granddaughter and never made her feel welcome. It's horrible. But part of that is to do with the parents as well. Like you've got to be able to integrate those kids. They don't have to become best mates, but surely they can see you two getting on with each other, you two being married, that, or you two being in a relationship heading towards marriage that goes, all right, cool, this is where this is going. Like surely when you, you meet someone new, that's one of the, and you've got kids, that's one of the criteria, right? That this person now, I really hope this person gets on with my kids. You know, I've, I've held off of them meeting my kids because I really like them and I want this to be serious and I don't just introduce, introduce my kids to everyone and anyone. And now this is like a real potentially heartbreaking moment that when you introduce this person to your kids, they, your kid might not like them or they might not get on. And you just think, oh, I just hope it's at least civil. So for them, for one, the, the, the stepdad be bullying the daughter and two, if the stepdad's got that attitude, and of course the kids, his kids gonna have that attitude, right? I mean, I can understand the jealousy if he's treating the stepdaughter better than the kids, and that's why they have a bit of resentment towards her. But that doesn't sound like what's happening. So that's odd to me. That feels like the two adults being too selfish. God, we like each other. Fuck, what else happens? Let's see. Anyway, never made her feel welcome. Um, he lets his kids get away with being rude and cheeky, but he's hard on my granddaughter. She is 15. Weird. He shouts in her face and tells her to listen to him, not her mum. He treats her like an unpaid servant. Yeah, this is weird. I'm 63. I'm surprised that my daughter allows it, which makes me fear he controls them both. My granddaughter opened her heart to me on the phone recently. She is depressed and she is used and she used to be close uh, to her mum. Yeah, man. Um... You need to speak to the mum. Seriously, what's actually going on? But you can't make her sound like... You can't make her feel attacked because then she'll close up, pull away, and then she'll take it out on your granddaughter as well. Um, But yeah, you've got to get in there though, man, because my head's just going to the worst place, fearing like abuse and stuff. So that's, that's when my brain's going straight away. So for me, um, yeah, you need to get in there. Where's her dad? As well. Where's her dad? Um, yeah, man. Where's her dad? Hmm. Interesting. Plus, she's 15 as well. So, I mean, with all the current climate of what we're talking about, um, like I said, the nuance in the kind of sexual misconduct thing or how men treat women. Um, there's, there's one of the nuances is definitely age for me. Um, it's, it's definitely age there. Like we can't, um, you can't infantilize women, but they should be. But we got also understand that how the world's structured. Uh, there is a power dynamic there as well. So, but for me, fifteen-year-olds. Daughter, yeah, you gotta uh, you gotta step in there, man. You gotta step in. Right, um, let's we can't end on that one because that's just uh, that's that's a bomb note. Um, 
Jesus Christ. No, not doing that one. Um, <laughs> okay, that's that's mad. We like the sex ones, don't we? Because we're... This is how we are. Um, right. Sex stress. My partner can't have sex with me and says I should sleep with someone else. Okay. Um, dear, 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 my partner says he wouldn't mind if I had sex with someone else, but is that true? Yeah. If, it, if that's true, he doesn't give a shit about this relationship anymore. Unless that's his thing. If he's asking to watch, then he's probably revealing some kind of fetish. But if he's going bang someone else, I don't even want to watch. I don't care. I want to know what he wants to do instead. I'm not talking about with you, just like while you're banging. Like, is it that he just wants to sleep? Uh, he wants to watch football, drink a beer. Like, what is it that for him banging you is just like, oh, no, I can't be asked. What is it? Have you put on weight? That's always the first one. I know I've let myself go a bit. You think you've let yourself go a bit, but you're looking horrendous. You're looking like a house. I'm talking about a derelict one as well. Let's see. Anyway. I am 41. My partner is 60. Okay. His libido's going. He's old. He's had a heart attack 12 years ago and ended up having stents fitted. He doesn't want to die while bagging. He then had a stroke. Not a bad one, but we haven't been able to have sex since. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably scared of dying. Fuck's sake. Um, it hasn't really bothered me, but he feels sorry for me. Sex toys just don't interest me. And he told me to find someone else to have sex with. He said he wouldn't mind, but deep down, I think he would. It would be nice to do it at least once. What should I do? Right. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so I'd say don't bang someone else. Um... Maybe tell him you did bang someone else, though, just to see what he says. Go, okay, look, listen, I just want to tell you, I banged this guy. Um, and maybe try to find out some other stuff about him. Find out if he's racist. I'm assuming you're white. Find out if he's racist. So I banged this guy, 23, black, and yes, rumours are true. And, um, yeah, he absolutely ruined me. He made me feel things in places that I didn't know existed. And then you see what he says. If he's just like, oh, yeah, well, okay, cool, well, good food. Glad you had a good time. You seen him again? Then there's something wrong. He doesn't want, you know, he might say that to save face. Then when he goes, right, I'm just going to go to the to, uh, upstairs and use the toilet. Get your ear pressed right against that door. If you hear some sobbing, then like, okay. He, he just doesn't want to bang because he's scared of dying. Right? Then you say, look, I was, that, that didn't happen. I was wanting to know that you actually cared. Um, but if he's just like, yeah, cool. You, you put your ear against the door and you hear, you know, some shuffling going on. And he's actually tugging one out at the idea of you getting banged by Delroy. Um, then, yeah. Then maybe that's just his thing. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But have an honest conversation, man. That's that's the most with most relationships, isn't it? Just have an honest conversation. And you'll be sorted. All right. Um, I think that's the end of the pod because I've got to record 
another I'm record, this is the first of three pods I'm recording today this is the first one uh sec one I'm recorded um can I talk about it nah I can't talk about it yet I'll post about it when it's recorded and it's posted but um it's a project it's a, it's a project pod that we're doing um it's, it's collaborative podcast with some other pod podders podcasters so yeah we'll see how that goes all right people that is the end of the pod uh take care Peace.